Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Put Cancer Behind You podcast, a series dedicated to helping cancer patients and survivors lead healthy, happy, cancer-free lives. I'm your host, Maria Barnes. My guest for this episode is Tim Smith, an electrical engineer whose life has taken many turns. From business success and failure to heartbreak and heart disease, his quest for healing has led him to a spiritual path that's been the key to helping him stay healed. Tim, thanks so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey with us. Hi, Maria. I'm honored and glad to be here. I'm thrilled that you are here. All right. So before we get into where you are today in your life, happily so, tell me a little bit about where you grew up, what your family was like, and and what got you started in life. Sure. I, I grew up uh, in a typical Midwestern town in Illinois. I had uh, my, my mother was a school teacher. My dad was a bricklayer very middle-class, blue-collar, normal upbringing. I went to uh, eight years of Catholic and four years of Catholic high school. Wow. Yeah, nothing, you know, I played a lot of sports, um, pretty much had a normal normal childhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Very similar to mine. Okay, well, I mean, when you uh, graduated from high school, uh, what happened? Where'd you go you, on your road to becoming an electrical engineer? Yeah, I, I ended up finding out about, about an engineering technology school in Kansas City from a friend of mine. And so I, I just kind of uh, went for it. You know, it was a eight-hour journey, hopped my $600 car and drove off to Kansas City and started a new life in college. <laughs> wow. And you never went back to the Midwest, right? Yeah, I think that's accurate because right out of college, then I started working in New York. And uh, yeah, I haven't really been back permanent since then. Right, right. So at some point, you migrated to California, to the West Coast, and you've pretty much more or less been there ever since, uh, with a few years out to Chicago, I believe. But tell me, what sent you to uh, California? Why California? Well, I the, the, the first company I worked for out of college, I was installing flight simulators pretty much all around the world. And one of my stations was in North Dakota through the winter. And I kind of uh, had kind of got tired of that and decided a friend of mine had told me about a job opening in California. And I flew to California in February where it was 10 degrees when I left and I saw green grass and I said, well, this is what I want. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. that That's what I would want too. So um, you made your life in California and where and how did that play out for you? Yeah. So I ended up in Silicon Valley being an electrical engineer. I worked in Silicon Valley for from 85 until 95. And five, my last five years there, I was fortunate enough to work at a very successful technology company and had enough, quite enough stock options to kind of realize I was really not uh, liking living in the big city and the, and the technology job. And I decided to kind of up and move to the foothills in, in California, Northern California, not far from Tahoe. Wow, so wonderful. And what town was that? Nevada City, Grass Valley. And isn't that a tourist center? Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a tourist destination. So Nevada, that Nevada City was, uh, I think, in the 1800s, the third largest city in California, because that's where all the gold was being mined at the time. So wow. it's very, very historical, but yet 
it's kept a, a, a small town and has a the reason I moved there was it was a small town but it had a tremendous amount of culture you know music art and diversity um, for being a small town so that's that's primarily what appealed to me that's wonderful now I know that you're a course on miracles student as well when did you get into that was it before you moved to uh, Nevada City it, yeah just right before probably three or four years before I moved to Nevada City I was uh, in my mid-30s, extremely, I had, you know, achieved financial success and professional success. And I was extremely, for some reason, I, I did not know the root cause, but I was very unhappy with the way my life was going to the point where I actually had contemplated doing committing suicide seriously. Wow. And at that yeah. point, I said, you know, there's the classic phrase in the the A Course in Miracles was, you know, there's got to be a better way. And I started to search and read every spiritual book I could get my hands on. And at one point I was uh, decided to go to, I had not gone to church since I left my, left my hometown. So it had been several years, but I decided to try Unity Church because of their diversity to different, different types of spiritual aspects. And so I was going to Unity Church for a while. And one day I saw a flyer for Course of Miracles um, gathering in the evening, and I something in me said, go check this out, and I did. And so that's kind of how I got introduced to the course. That's wonderful. So by the time you actually arrived in Nevada City, you ha- it was really, you were on a, already a different path. I mean, you were leaving, you know, the business world or the big business world, more or less, for a, a new life, but you were on you were on a spiritual path by then. So how was life in Nevada City with all that going on for you? Yeah, well, I for about three or four years before I moved to Nevada City, I was very heavily into studying The Course in Miracles daily and reading it and practicing it. And when I moved to Nevada City, I started exploring doing lots of other fun things like developing a bed and breakfast in a live music bar and doing some real estate development. So I was doing everything kind of but technology stuff and having a blast. And I tended to kind of, at that point, I kind of had gotten away from my Course in Miracles or my spiritual focus for a while. Yeah. I mean, that definitely happens. I mean, I know people who've picked it up in the 1990s and, you know, put it down for 10 years and and then they come back to it. So it's not uncommon. But at that time, you went ahead and got married and had a family, right? In Nevada City. I did. I met met my wife in Nevada City and she had already had four children and we got together and I was happy with that arrangement. But then about two years after after we were together, then I was in my mid-30s and you know, I'd kind of let go of the idea of having my own biological children. But two years after we were together, then she became pregnant and ended up having my daughter, Corinne. And, you know, I was just going through the normal, you know, family life at that point. <laughs> right, right. And and life was good. I mean, you, you tried out a lot of things. You were doing a lot of different things. It sounded fun. But then, you know, I, it that was around the time of the economic crash of 2008, wasn't it? Yeah. So I think we had been together about eight years, my wife and I. And then I was 
actually doing in a financial real estate finance arena at that point, making very good money. And then when the 2008 crash hit, I went from making very good money down to almost nothing. And then I had been out of out of the loop of technology for about 10 years. And so, you know, we went from life as normal to all of a sudden very financially strapped and overextended. And that kind of was a, a large piece in uh, our relationship starting to dissolve at that point. So you did end up getting divorced, am I correct? That's correct. So yeah, I ended up getting divorced. It was very uh, traumatizing and difficult for me. So after being divorced and uh, struggling with that for a few years, then I did kind of start to go back. Uh, you know, I had a calling to go back into more spiritual seeking again. And I started sort of studying a lot of the Course in Miracle offshoot or associated well-known, some of the well-known books people may know, like A Return to Love by Marianne Williamson and then Disappearance of the Universe by Gary Renard right. and A Way of Mastery. And so I was, I was started to get back into that. And it was kind of, again, you know, life, life was really not working for me and I was struggling. And then, you know, then again, the, you know, sort of the wake-up call was the kind of that spiritual bell was ringing in my mind again. <laughs> Right, sure. I mean, absolutely. You, you you do need something to to hang your hat on when things get, you know, rough. So, but the good news is you were able to get back into engineering, correct? So, financially, you finally got back on sound footing. Right. So, I ended up working for a technology company in the Grass Valley area for a few years, about 3 years, and then I was uh, extremely unhappy with it. The job was fine, but it just wasn't what I wanted to be doing. And then, then I just got to the point where what I really wanted to be doing is like, I felt a call to write a spiritual book, largely based on the Course of Miracles principles. And I just uh, got to the point where I just ended up giving my notice um, with the intention that I would chuck a book out in three months and get back to work. And that yeah. turned out to not be the case. I Three months went by and I hadn't really got to the point where I had something to publish. And then then I was pretty much out of money at that point and very, very distraught about what to do, thinking that uh, I kind of gave it my go on doing the, on the spiritual vocational path and that didn't work out. So I eventually ended up getting back into technology work or working for a company down in the Silicon Valley area again. Okay. I mean, it's so interesting. It's such a difficult path that you've bounced around, you know, here and there, uh, but you, actually you're with each step, you were getting closer <laughs> to what you really wanted to do. It's just, it's, it's been a couple deep dives for you, but I can see a progression through all of that. But then, so you are not a cancer survivor. I want to make that really clear. However, it doesn't really matter what the form is, what the disease, how the disease shows up. But if it's something that can take you out, it might as well be cancer because, quite frankly, you could die from it. So in your case, what happened? Yeah, so uh, I believe in 2017, in the early summer of 2017, 
I started to wake up in the middle of the night, short of breath, and my heart was palpitating really fast. And I really wasn't sure what that was about. It was happening like like maybe once a week. And quite quickly, it started to happen more and more. Then it was almost every night. Then Then I started exploring all the possibilities from diet to stress to chemical imbalances. There's lots of things that can cause heart palpitations. And I sort of exhausted all the natural ways that I could fix what the problem was. And it kept getting worse. And so eventually I, you know, I kind of gave in and decided to go see a cardiologist. Yeah. So I went, when I went to see the cardiologist, I explained my situation and what was happening and he did some checks and, you know, at, at, at the time and while in the office, he said everything looked fine. And then when I was getting ready to leave, put my shirt back on, my heart started to palpitate. And he said, okay, go, go back in and get on the EKG machine. And I did. And he said, okay, yeah, you know, we've documented, you got a real problem here and you really should do some other tests. And so I came back in a week later and, took a a more extensive heart test. And then a week after that, they had the results. So I went back in his office and came in and said, you have to have open heart surgery. And that was really just floored me because I never had any, myself or our family, never had any heart heart conditions or problems whatsoever. Right. I said, yeah, this is serious. You should go see a surgeon. So I did at that point. And he, he confirmed that the problem was um, I had a really very uncommon problem where one of the cords in one of my valves had broke. Uh, he said that seriously, you have to get it repaired, but it is not something that we have to do tomorrow. So this was October, and he said maybe we could schedule something for January. And Well, this was probably mid-September. And I said, okay, fine, and just tried to gather myself and <laughs> face the concept of having to have open heart surgery out of nowhere. Right. Being quite healthy at the time. So I I went back home and it ended up getting still worse again to the point where about two weeks later, I actually had to go to ER in the middle of the night. Um, my heart was going like 200 beats a minute or something like that. And once in the ER, they said that they would not would not let me, me leave because they said I needed to get my surgery scheduled right away. And so oh, um, I stayed in the ER for about a week, eventually got into the and had surgery. That was uh, <laughs> quite, quite a shocker to me. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So how did you recover? How was your recovery? So the, the surgery itself seemed to go fine. But at the time, going into into the surgery, I did not know that I had sleep apnea. And so after the surgery, because of the stress and the incline of the bed and other reasons, and the, I think the drugs I was on, my sleep apnea got worse, and I was basically unable to sleep at night right after the surgery. So I was not able to go through the normal recovery where I would have probably been out of the hospital in seven days. And uh, it got to the point where I would, if I did go to sleep at night, I would stop breathing and then I would wake up gasping because I had stopped breathing. And that was extremely terrifying. It got to the point where I got 
afraid of actually going to sleep thinking that I would stop breathing and die. And yeah. so that turned out to develop into post-traumatic stress dis disorder from the trauma that I had because I was in ICU for, I think, 23 days. And so although the surgery went fine, I ended up getting traumatically traumatized from the recovery. <laughs> right, right, which didn't actually help your heart either. No, and so my heart would never be stable and top that off with the fear of what would happen if, you know, when my heart would start beating fast with PTSD, whoever knows about that, it basically gets wired in your brain such that the events or any kind of stress will trigger you back into the event that, that the trauma caused so that whether it was a loud noise or cold or hot or, or stress exertion, you know, any kind of stress whatsoever would trigger me back into basically fight or flight, fear of death. It's terrorizing. It's terrorizing. And, and that went on for a couple of years. And, and I slowly started to get my sleep apnea in corrected, which helped some. But the PTSD was just, it was, it was terrifying. It's basically like there wasn't probably a minute or, or five minutes in a, in a day's waking day's time where I was not fearful of dying. And that's crazy. That, yeah. That called me deeper into this, my spiritual seeking more than, more than ever. And at that right. point, I, it got very, I was at the wit's end trying to figure out how to, how to deal with this, how it was happening and, and et cetera. So. But you did get help, right? You did talk to a therapist. I got some help a little bit with the PTSD and some techniques to help with that. It helps some, but never really got it in control. And then I believe it was in some March of 2020, one night I just woke up and kind of said, God, I can't do this. You know, what's, what can I do? And then I was, I got guided to open my Kindle and landed upon one of the books that Tina Spalding had written. Right. And, you know, that kind of led me to some other like-minded spiritual seeking people that was very helpful. Right. And Tina, for listeners who don't know, uh, Tina Spaulding is a channel of Jesus. Jesus is the author of A Course in Miracles and uh, is probably the most advanced spiritual book on the planet at this time. At least that's what he says. <laughs> I'll take it from Jesus channeling through Tina. And it also changed my life. It's changed many people's lives. It's saved many people's lives, including yours and mine. So you found Tina and then what? You're on a different path. Yeah, I uh, along the same time frame I some things started to c come together for me in that I well the, to backtrack the moment that I had woken up after my open heart surgery I said to myself that thank you God I'm alive I will never not forgive anybody again. Um, mm -hmm. I really kind of intuitively felt that, you know, the association with the problem with my heart and forgiveness and all that, it just, I knew that there was something related to my, you know, my challenge with forgiving my ex-wife was yeah. related to my heart condition. And sure. it just really called me deeper into 
understanding and finding ways to forgive anything and everything in my life out of necessity. I just felt like I, I had, I, you know, I had to find a way to do this because this was related to what manifested into a physical condition for me. Right, exactly. And the good news is that you had been a course student for so long, you had a great foundation. So otherwise, you probably wouldn't be here today. But you were able to draw upon that pretty quickly, I would say, right? And just keep going. Yeah, I mean, that that basis of, call it positive mind training, or understanding the ego aspects and the psychology of, uh, say, a split mind, really was beneficial because I never at any point through the whole process did I ever kind of say woe is me I always looked at you know what why is this happening from a perspective of there must be something here for me to understand that I'm not getting right eventually I even early on I knew that this was some kind of a gift but I just didn't understand how or why I mean how could this be a gift it was so dramatic but now I, I do have the wisdom in looking back and see that it it is a gift for several reasons. One is that it was a wake-up call, and it was a opportunity to shift the way that I was seeing myself in the world that I could not resist. I mean, I, I, I was kind of, I had to do this or I didn't feel like I was going to live. And so in, the, mm-hmm. in a way, that was, that was a blessing because it, it forced me to to deal with something that I was previously not able to deal with. And right. it ended up giving me, I'm a strong believer that physical symptoms can always be related to something in, in the mental or emotional aspects of the being. And yes, usually in my case, you can associate a physical symptom with some part of a body, but that it usually relates to something spiritual. So in my case, you know, the heart. I was not connected to my heart. And so this ended up being a anchor for me in a good way to that. I am so in tune with my heart now out of necessity and yeah. practice that um, if I get the slightest bit of off course, you might say, or out of balance, I immediately start to connect with my heart and start to connect with where am I out of sync with love or where am I out of sync with the highest vibration that I can, that I can achieve. Right. Right. And I just want to talk a little bit about the heart because in our society, I think what's valued, especially as we're growing up is the mind, you know, everything is about the mind and what you learn and what you think and how smart you are, but nobody really talks about the importance of the heart and having an open heart. And so I I think at least from my perspective, and perhaps you would agree over time with stress and, and disappointments, you, your heart closes, basically. You, you just shut down. It's a defense mechanism, perhaps. It's the way you get through life with all the disappointments and the stress and, and the unhappiness. But to heal, you really have to open your heart. And that was the healing for me, which happened through A Course in Miracles when I was so focused on forgiveness and love, because that's what it's all about. And would you say the same for yourself or how would you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right on. You know, our our heart, not only physically, but energetically and spiritually is kind of our, that's our, our focal, our center point for not only giving love, but receiving love. And so, so many times we 
shut down our heart to protect ourselves from being hurt. But when you do that, that also restricts you from receiving love as well and feeling love as well. And so your mind is very valuable for what it can do, maybe analytically or solving certain problems, but your heart is energetically your connection with God. And that's where your that can always be trusted. That can always be uh, your centering point for receiving and giving love for sure. Right. And it raises your frequency. And of course, since everything is energy, the higher the frequency that you hold, the more loving your life is, probably the healthier you are. A healthy immune system is a higher frequency than disease, to be sure. So it all works together. It's all intertwined, basically. Exactly. And nobody, yeah, who teaches that? Like nobody. It's like we have to go through these horrific experiences to find this out, but we have come through on the other side. Right. So what are you doing now? How has your life changed through all of this? Yeah, well, a a couple points uh, that I've learned to, or or I say wisdom that I've accumulated out of the whole process is that another benefit of, of the whole traumatic experience was that it forced me to question and overcome my belief that I am just a body and that my body is the source of my life because mm-hmm. I felt being faced with the potential of deaths for so often and so long that, you know, I could not just ever feel any sense of safety just by the, the mere fact of what my body was telling me, you know, if, if, I, if I was healthy or not, I felt like I had to really question, well, what is the source of my life? And, you know, what would happen if I die? And what really questioned my belief in death and my dependence on my body. And so that was, that was extremely difficult, but rewarding to go down that path, because mm-hmm. I do now have a sense and a feeling and, and, a, and a knowing that parts of me, the real me, you know, exist irregardless of what happens to my body. And so that's given me such a, a deeper sense of groundedness and connection that I would not have gotten otherwise. Right. That, that's absolutely true. I mean, you really do question your reality and your sense of reality. And how important is the physical? I found after cancer, it was a little bit difficult for me to focus on the physical. I, everything seemed not worth it. It just seemed so temporary. I had a hard time coming back and actually feeling like I was here and I was going to stay here and be here. But I did at, at some point. But what never left me is the sense, uh, and I came away with a strong sense of of being eternal energy, basically. That spirit is energy and it's eternal and it changes form. But it is eternal. So we existed before this life. We will exist after this life and we'll never not exist. And we'll always know each other. (laughs) So I always tell that to people. Yeah, I'm always going to know you. (laughs) You start to have more fun with it when you come to the realization that, yeah, things change, forms change for sure, but we will always exist. And we are just evolving spiritually. We're here to learn certain things. It is the end of a spiritual season. As we know, Uh, earth is ascending to 5D from a 3D existence. And we are upping our game as earth ups hers. And that requires us to address all the things that we hadn't addressed before, all the challenges, all of the negative beliefs that no longer serve us. And so I think that's certainly our path. That's how we met. It's a lot of fun to 
to go through this with people who who are doing the same thing as you are and just trying to expand their consciousness. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. My life is so much richer now because I, I'm really constantly trying to expand my consciousness. What is beyond the five senses? What's out there? What is the real energetic part of me that, that exists, you know, outside of my body? And these are things that I think everybody that would go through a, a life-altering health condition, I look at it now as if it's a gift from my higher self. Like, it's really from a, a different part of me to me yeah. for my own benefit. 100%. Yeah. And... Yeah, I'm grateful now for going through what is like anybody who may have cancer or maybe life-threatening sickness. It can turn into be the most blessed thing that, that has ever happened to you if uh, you take on the opportunity to look at it that way. Right. It is a silver lining and uh, there is a silver lining to all of it. I mean, that definitely is. In fact, we had the opportunity because had we not made it, yeah, okay, but there was an out. We could have gone. We could have both left and uh, started again <laughs> in a different life, doing the same thing, addressing the same issues, but we didn't. We chose to stay on some level. We chose to stay. And so now I think that we're both very interested in expressing who we came to be in the first place, which is to say the the magnificent I am part of myself, which is the God, the God that I am, because everything is part of God. So when you start to see yourself and everyone else as part of God, then you recognize the magnificence that can be your life and you start to head that way and grow into that. And I think I think we're both on that path. I'd like to say we're both on that path. But what are you doing that is really exciting you as you move down that path? Because I know you've got a lot of good things are happening in your life. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. I, I Now my life is so much richer because it's easy to say, you know, you go through a life-altering experience, you tend to be less focused on the big things and more focused on the little things and and there's lots of uh, sayings about how to look at that, but it really is, my experience is coming so much from an inside perspective as opposed to focusing on what's out there that it's so rich and it's so, uh, the combination of, you know, like the I am presence, how am I part of God? And now I'm, I'm just so fully immersed in understanding the depth of my godness and how can I express that. And that's coming out in ways for me, like um, I'm channeling and getting information now about doing a course, a conscious uh, creation and a vibration shift course for people to basically have a method or a, a tool or a process of actually a shifting your vibration on a daily basis and also learning how to be a conscious creator. I look at things happen in your life kind of for three reasons. One, it was part of your plan. You know, when you came into this life, you agreed to it and that stuff is going to happen regardless of anything else. But then most people end up experiencing life because they're essentially just responding to their subconscious beliefs. And mm -hmm. so they're in a lot of ways sleepwalking and they're 
they're powerless because they've never been given the knowledge or nor have they may, maybe had the desire to understand why that is. But then the third way that you could live your life is, which is why I believe we came here, was to be conscious creators and really sink into and understand what our true power is as source energy, which is really right. can, can create anything. It, correct. And so there, it's, there's no limits to that. And so that's yeah. um, just extremely exciting for me to work on that. And, you know, every part of my life now is just really, really rich. And the low times are just kind of blips on the screen now because I've, I've just really put in the work to understand these these certain things that that anybody can anybody can get and understand if they just want right. to they have the willingness to do it and the open-mindedness to do it yeah exactly uh, or if you get to a point where literally you're going to die if you don't do it <laughs> right <laughs> so that was kind of a push <laughs> for yep. both of us <laughs> yep for sure yeah so you know here we are though it's life is better than i mean Definitely, my life has changed 100%. I mean, you know, the old life is gone. These are life-changing events, these diseases and health conditions. But on the other side, if you choose to stay and work through it, it is much better. And I am happier now. I have to say I'm a, I'm a much happier person than I used to be. Not as stressed. <laughs> right. Yes. No, I can see you're living and walking and talking it. So that's, that's for a great example for sure. Yeah. Well, I think we both are. If there's anything that you'd like to say to people, what would you like to leave people with? I, a few things maybe I would say is really focus on the deep part of you that believes that you are pure and innocent and loved and lovable and loving, because that's the real part of you. And if you just really keep sinking and, and going after that in Try not to get too caught up in huge miracle uh, steps along the way. Those, those can and will happen. But if you just focus on seeking and doing what makes you feel good and grounded, and even if you're taking small steps each day, you're on the path and you'll get there. And so anybody can do this. Yeah. If you have the willingness to do it, you'll come out on the other side. That's that's the truth. You know, you're talking about the emotional guidance system that Jesus talks about. It's you know, listening to or basically being aware of what's going on inside of you, that pit in your stomach. Is it happy? Are you happy? Or are you off? And that's your emotional guidance system. It's the direct connection to source. And if you are happy, if you are living what you came to live, you are going to be happy. If for some reason you've let something a negative thought creep up, you're going to find yourself unhappy. And that's your chance to look inside instead of blaming the other person. No, how are you off? How are you judging? What are you doing? What are you thinking? And it really does take you inside. But when you start to take inside, to, to look inside, that's when you can take control and say, hey, I can change my thoughts. I am not a victim of the world I see. I'm the creator. And, and that's conscious creation. Exactly. Well put. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we both are. And I, I think I just see bright things for, for us and hopefully for many other people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. This is great. Everybody that's, I have such compassion for anybody that's going through difficult 
physical conditions, but just know that there's people out there that are willing to help. There's people out there in the same boat as you, and you can turn this around and it can alter your life in the best way imaginable. That's the truth. And so if anyone wants to maybe find out more about the course that you're developing or just talk to you, what's the best way for them to contact you? Uh, I would say probably my email. It is Timote Spirit, T-I-M-O-T-E, Spirit, S-P-I-R-I-T, at gmail.com. Okay, great. All right. Well, Tim, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. I'm just thrilled that I've met you, and I just really enjoy talking about all of this with you, and I, I know we'll have many more conversations ahead. Thank, thank you, and thanks for what you're doing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Much love. All right. Love you, too. Take care. Thank you for listening to Put Cancer Behind You with Maria Barnes. So you won't miss a single episode. We hope you'll follow our program on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite pod platforms. And be sure to visit us at mariabarnes.net, on Facebook at Put Cancer Behind You, on Twitter at PCBY01, or on Instagram at mariabarnespcby. Also, you can help us grow our audience by leaving a thoughtful review. Remember, if you or someone you know is in need of cancer coaching, Maria is here to help. We'll see you next time. Copyright 2022, Maria Barnes, LLC, all rights reserved.